What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson, joined by my other co-host, Nick Price. We don't have Mike today. Uh, he, uh, you know, is a little bit busy uh, on this Sunday afternoon that we're recording, but that's okay. We're here to talk football, uh, talk about whatever. But first, before any, we get into anything, uh, how you doing, Nick? I'm doing too bad. I uh, wrapped up quarterbacks for the summer a few days ago. Actually, yesterday, actually. Actually, I watched Jay Daniels. Uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, but other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing quite well. Um, officially done with school, like I said last week. Uh, so that's going good. That's what's yeah. up, man. Con- yeah. Congrats once again. You know, told you. you when you finish, and uh, obviously last week too. But always good to finish school. Um, but before we we talk anything football related talk about some of the quarterbacks that you uh you finished up i know one in particular uh has been uh a quarterback that's been all over the place uh i want to talk about uh, our good friend Connor, carter donick who made an excellent tweet at 1 a.m strangely enough uh <laughs> last night which which was pretty funny uh, but those who don't know him he's carter donick of the uh the draft network um writer for the draft network and this tweet has since blown up uh but he said men will literally go onto wikipedia at one in the morning just to look at the 2013 nfl draft results 20 the 2013 draft was rough man oh that was brutal that was like it is literally the worst draft like in recent memory like i mean yeah yeah, the the only thing that comes close to that, really, in my opinion, is like 2015, because 2015 was like kind of shit. I'm going to just read off some names uh, that, uh, you know, went early in that draft. So Luke Jokel, Deion Jordan, uh, Jonathan Cooper, Tavon Austin, D. Milliner, Chance Warmack, DJ Fluker. Um, Kenny Vaccaro, EJ Manuel, Jarvis Jones, Sharif Floyd, Bajorn Werner, Dayton Jones. Oh God, I forgot about him. Like <laughs> he went to the he was the Packers, right? Yeah. Oh man. Alec Ogletree. I mean. A lot of those names are not even in NFL anymore. Um, yeah, this was a notoriously bad uh, draft for the Ravens because they hit, they they started off by drafting Matt Elam and then went back around and got Arthur Brown, and that 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 did not pan out well. They 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 went looking for their uh, 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 Ray Lewis re- replacement and then they got a uh, a traffic cone, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking down the list. I mean, the most egregious one to me is Tavon Austin uh, going 19 spots ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I, I mean, uh, yeah, he I, did. He, I'll be honest with you, uh, Tavon Austin did not do the state of Maryland any favors <laughs> by representing us in the NFL. So, uh, yikes. I mean, just thinking about it, I mean, even as good he as he was, and he was an amazing college football oh, player. Yeah. Top eight? I mean, oh my God. That is you would have thought he was like Calvin Johnson or something. Right. I mean I mean what what he did in college can like can never be understated. Like no one can ever take that away from him, but like it just it just didn't. It just didn't pan out, and and it just that's kind of the nature of this thing. It's like like guys you think are are good will you know pan out or could be like you know, the next great NFL star just like end up flaming totally out. It's 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 amazing when you sit there and think about it in hindsight. And then uh, the first three quarterbacks in that draft taken: EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Lennon. <sighs> I gotta pull, I have it pulled up right now too. Like, and the worst part is, is there are guys who went far later that are like, like actually good or had actually had far better careers. Absolutely. Like, was no, yeah, yeah. Like David Bakhtiari. 
Yep. It's been like, a great starter. Yeah. One of the top tackles in the NFL, and he went the fourth round. That's why I said, you know, that's this is why we have the draft, man. This is why we talk about year round. There are, you would think there are a lot of surefire first rounders, second rounders are going to make an immediate impact. But I'm I'm just very excited to see in three or four years those fourth, fifth, sixth rounders that people were like, ah, I don't know if they can be a good starter. They they turn out to be very quality players. So more than in that draft than any other draft, but. Well- let me, let me pose this question to you on the fly. Yeah. Because obviously we we just got over the 2021 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way way this has always worked with the NFL draft, like like one of these top 10 guys is bound to be a bust, if mm-hmm. not, you know, a, a good handful of them. Out of all the top 10 guys who are drafted in the top 10, who do you think might end up being the biggest bust? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Jake Ellen Bogan about this the other day. I mean, you look at the the four quarterbacks that were taken uh in the top eleven. Yeah. I mean it it's just tough to see any of those other guys not be bust. And to me, I don't know, man. I, I just never as high on Zach Wilson as the NFL or other guys were, you know. Right. And I I just thought he was the fourth best quarterback of those four. It, it's just unfortunate. But I think when you look at all the picks, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is at least a decent starter. I don't think he's bust. No, um, I doubt that. I mean, and of the defensive players I got taken, I mean, I, I don't see J.C. Horn being a bust. I mean, I maybe – you know, because his play style can lend him to a lot of flags and get himself in a lot of trouble. But, right. I mean, when you look at all those guys, I mean, Jamar Chase, I, I don't see him really being a bust. I mean, he really has to be like Nikhil Harry type of bad to be a bust. And yeah. I don't think that's possible with no. him. No, no. Um, try thinking of some other one like Panay Sewell, absolutely not. Um, I mean, the only one maybe like Waddle because the injury thing might, yeah. like an injury thing might happen with him. Like that could that could be something, but that's like like I, I don't want to put that evil on him. You know right. what I mean? I don't want to be that that guy, but yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the top ten. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there are a few guys that may underproduce to what we're expecting. Uh, Devontae Smith, I think, may underproduce just because of Philly. Yeah, this is a situation no. there with we, we're, we're kind of unsure of what Jalen Hurts is right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, Kyle gene. Pitts is like, I, I just don't think he's going to be a bust. I mean, he, at the very least, I mean, if he, even if he doesn't play tight end, he could end up being a slot receiver, a big slot. You know? Right. So. Yeah, of of those ten players, man, I I I would definitely probably go towards Zach Wilson. Trey Lance for me, I think his running ability will make him at at the very least a top fifteen to twenty starter year in and year yeah. out, just because yeah. of that dynamic ability. For me, Zach Wilson, I don't know how like he made magic plays at BYU, but I don't know how consistent that's going to be in the NFL and. We've seen players kind of like him that are can be reckless and can just throw the ball all over the field, like just kind of flame out in the NFL. So that's why I worry about, you know, I, I yeah. just think that the the situation, the media around New York, it, it it's very possible. I mean, I hope he, he does have a long career and oh, so a long time starter, but I think when you look at those 10 players and – the positions they play, I mean, outside of the quarterback, I mean, every other position is kind of a premium position in that top 10. And mm-hmm. Waddle would be the one I worry about probably second because injuries and he relies a lot on that speed to to get open, you know. And I know he has some route running nuance and whatnot, but if he's never the same player, you know, and he has na- nagging injuries, I mean, 
he's he's not going to be on you know uh, a roster for very long i mean he'll continue to get shots you know and that's if he continues to have injuries i, I don't expect that to happen but yeah but that was a that was a good question i was a, i think it was a good insight because i mean someone's bound to not live up to expectations right it's just the nature of the business you know and i'm also kind of interested like out of this like you know back half of round one with all those like the dms that the dm run that, that happened you know, a lot of like boomer bus guys here, like, you know, away with the Ravens, you know, try on to a degree, definitely Rousseau and even Peyton Turner. I mean, even Jim, Jim, uh, Jameen Davis as well. True. Yeah. Uh, that was a big surprise on draft day. I did not think he would go that high. Like, I, I thought he was maybe in the round one, early round two guy. I did not expect mm-hmm. him to go in the teens at all. Also, I'm I, if I could be a bit hot takey here for a moment. I'm a little worried about Najee behind that O-line in Pittsburgh. And that's not even just like a, from a bias standpoint, me and a Ravens fan or whatever. Like I'm genuinely concerned at like that, that offensive line that are kind of like trying to piece together is going to hold him back at least for like the first year or so. Yeah. That's what I said. You know, we got to keep, we got to temper some expectations for some guys. I mean, even Russo, you know, I'm kind of worried yeah. about, is he going to get buried on a depth chart, even though he's a first rounder? I mean, yeah. I I don't know, but you know, like I said, that was a good question because I there there are players that just don't live up to expectations, and it it just happens, you know, and it, it sucks, but you know, it's how it is. Yeah, but we can go and transition into some of the recent guys we watch. Uh, one player in particular that I know there are varying opinions on, uh, and that I've heard a lot about this week, uh, in particular, uh, USC quarterback Keaton Slovis. And, uh, you know, obviously, I think people listening know who he is, but uh, broke out as a freshman after JT Daniels went down for the season mm-hmm. um, and really exploded on the scene. And a lot of people thought, OK, this is going to be the next guy, you know, in 2022. You know, he's going to be uh, maybe one of the top guys, uh, you know, in that draft class. Last season took a significant step back, I would say. Um, he His arm did not look the same as a freshman. And he just does not fit that style of offense for USC. Um, and I think it's clear and evident from the tape. He he can't – he's he's not a great tight window thrower. But uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk about Slovis because I know you recently watched him and, and uh, you know, uh, have some thoughts on him. Well, the thing with Slovis is that I know there – like you said before, like the, the, the opinion on him is kind of a bit all over the place. There's some people that like really like him, some people that really hate him. Um, I'm sort of in that middle ground where, like I, I tweeted the other day, like I don't know what to think of him in the sense that like there are plays where I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. You know, there's some throws he makes, you know, on, whether on the run or what have you, that give me a lot of hope. And then there's just some very puzzling moments where I, I I question, you know, do I want to put this guy on the field? Because I mean, like the, you know, the, the the talk going into this this draft cycle is that you know, like I'm seeing like Slovis in round one, and you know, generally speaking, if you draft a quarterback in round one, you want him to start year one. And I don't think, based on the tape that I've watched, that I would feel comfortable ha- having Slovis start, you know, year one. I, I he he's definitely going to be a sit and wait guy, but. Like some of the puzzling things I see from him is like there are times where like he's just he I think he it almost seems like he's overthinking his progressions. Whereas like he'll stand in the pocket for like like too long, he'll get sacked because I like during the uh, Oregon game, which I coincidentally I my like worst game I, I graded him on, like like. He he was just kept getting hit and hit and hit by Oregon's front, and I'm and then after and, and like he's he's clearly has like the the athleticism and the mobility to make plays on the run. It's just that he'll sit there for too long and then immediately dart out of the pocket and then somehow make a miraculous throw. But there's like a, a, there's like not a like a through line with his processing there. It's a little weird. I still gave him a relatively decent grade with like progressions and stuff and vision, but still like there's, he's just a very puzzling prospect for me. And, and I I'm interested to see where, where he goes what, and what he does this season. Cause you know, he lost Vera Tucker, uh, Tyler Vaughn's and St. Brown to the draft. He still has Drake London. Um, is Bruba still at USC or did he transfer again? 
Um, I'm not sure. I have to look it up and see, but yeah, I mean, he's a he's an interesting case. I know there, like I said, there are varying opinions on him. Some people are already out on him. Uh, some people, you know, kind of want to see how he bounces back. Maybe he was nursing an injury or something like that last season. Uh, the ball velocity is just not there, you yeah. know, just over, especially throwing over the middle, mm-hmm. just not there. Cause there, I think there was a play against Arizona state where he got lucky and the ball went between, you know, went between a defender's hand because it just didn't have enough juice on it. The guy yeah. was open. He just underthrew it by like five, 10 yards. So it's interesting, uh, you know, and I've heard a great comp for him. Uh, you know, from our guy Tyler Fornes, who said he's Kirk Cousins, and then yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Totally. Coincidentally enough, I was li- listening to Jordan Reed uh, of the Draft Network, and he said Dre Harris said the same thing that he was Kirk Cousins. So, got to give props to my guy, uh, our guy Fornes, for for pointing that out. But I I can see it. I mean, I think to me, I think Slovis would be better in a West Coast style system where he can get the ball out quick yeah. and make quick decisions, uh, use play action to his advantage, because I think he's not going to be able to drop back 40 times in NFL and I think beat defenses with his arm. You know, I think yeah, that's that's out of the question for him. Yeah, I think I he's think. going to need uh, a, a system where he can kind of thrive, can kind of move around the pocket and not just be a stationary target, because when he is at USC, I mean, he either is holding on the ball too long or he, he's leaving the pocket prematurely. I mean, there's really no in between with him. So let me ask you this. Did you notice that he like, like has a terrible issue with staring his receivers down that and double clutching a lot? Yeah. Okay. Like cool. he he's, I saw a lot of times where he just doesn't let the ball rip, you know? And, and sometimes like as a quarterback, you just got to let it go. Yeah. Like e- even if like even if you make the wrong decision or wrong read, I think the amount of times he pulls the ball back down is alarming because yeah. either one, his process isn't clean or two, he just doesn't believe in his arm fully. And you, you got to believe in your arm to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I worry about I worry about that with him because he he has to get off those reads quicker. You know, and there, I mean, he played phenomenally in the second half against UCLA. I think that was his best tape, in my opinion, because yeah. um, I, I watched him. I wasn't even watching him. I was watching Quentin Lake, the safety from UCLA. And he was just, he, that was a game he just let the ball go. And he was making quick, decisive decisions, uh, getting the ball out quick, um, you know, manip- using eye manipulation. So I think if he plays more like that, like the second half of the UCLA game, like this season, I think he, you know, gets back some of that hype that he had his freshman season. I don't think he's going to be close to being a first rounder unless he just absolutely lights the world on fire. I don't expect that with USC and how poorly their offense runs, how how poorly they make decisions uh, as a, as a coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Every game they were down by multiple touchdowns uh, in into the fourth quarter, almost every game. So, mm-hmm. I mean that at at some point you got to change something. But yeah, I mean I think for Slovis, it, he's kind of that mid round quarterback at this point. Yeah, um, that could be quality backup. I don't think he has starter potential right now, but I think if he has a really good season, he could change some of that. Yeah, I kind of had the, the, the same thought. Like, I, I think, like, in terms of, like, you know, just comparing past, like, drafted, you know, uh, USC quarterbacks, I think he's more closer to that Matt Barkley type of, like, projection in terms of where he's going to get drafted as opposed to someone like Leinert who got drafted top 10, which everyone was kind of expecting him to be, like, the next, you know, great SC Q- QB. So, yeah, definitely not Sam Darnold either. Oh, no. Or is that either? Um, but yeah, I mean, we always it feels like every couple of years we have discussions about USC quarterback and if they're worth a first round pick or not. It, it just I feel it's just I feel like it's uh 
that's become a staple in college football at the very least three, every three, four years, we're going to have a USC quarterback that we debate whether or not they're good. And the last few that have been drafted have not been, been great. No, not been great. Although for, for our, our, our pal Jared's sake, I'm still hoping that, that Donald, you know, pulls through in Carolina, but Hey, we'll see. Anyway. So Devin, who have you been watching this week? So I, so I've kind of had a, a wild process this week. Uh, I ended up watching a couple of conference USA guys, a um, couple like power five guys. But, uh, you know, I think on Thursday uh, I became the Mac and Mountain West scout uh, for blue chip scouting, uh, taking over for Austin. Uh, so I had to completely change kind of what I was doing, but I go through uh I guess more relevant players to the, um, you know, to kind of blue chip for me that I'll be uh, looking forward to in the season. But uh, a couple of players I watch one uh, Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado state. Mm-hmm. I have been a big fan of him since last summer and it did not change watching his 2020 film. He was the best receiver on Colorado state this year and last year. Um, well, this past year and 2019, I should say. And he's more of the he's more traditional in, in terms of a tight end. Like he can do both blocking and, and receiving. For me, I gave him a third round grade. Um, and I think that's it's pretty fair for what he brings to the table. He's a tenacious blocker, uh, probably one of the best blocking tight ends in this draft class coming up. I know a lot of people like you know, Charlie Kolar and some other, some other guys as, as blocking times. I think McBride may be the best. And, and I think he's, he's going to probably crack my top five uh, tight ends this summer um, because I think he's just that good and, and that talented and versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mostly plays in line or as an H back uh, and, and does a lot of double teams, a lot of single blocks against defensive ends. Um, I think his, his leverage is really good uh, in, in terms of blocking. I think he could do a little bit better in in terms of uh, hand placement, more consistent hand placement, but he drives his feet. He uh, makes sure that his defender gets into the ground or is completely eradicated from the play. Um, In terms of receiving, he's not the most athletic or agile player. He does have some agility to him, though, and and has some ability to to create yak situations uh, and creative with the ball. Uh, Not really creative with the ball, but, but it's powerful. It takes three, four guys to bring him down. Uh, he's at this best working the scenes. Um, he, he does a really good job um, stair stacking defenders uh, on, in breaking routes as well uh, and, and creating separation. Uh, I think he does a really good job catching the ball and contested kit, catch situations as well. Uh, I think he can go up. He, he showed the ability to go up and, and snag the ball in the air and, and be able to uh, catch the pa- catch passes when defenders are draped all over him. He's a great red zone threat as well. Um, you can really throw throw it to him anywhere in, in kind of his, um, you know, catch radius, and he's going to be able to come down with the ball. Would like to see a little bit better, um, you know, kind of route technique. Uh, like I said, he does it really well stair stacking defenders, but uh, he rounds a lot of his routes uh, outside of that um, and kind of rolls into his breaks as well. I would like to see his breaks be a little bit cleaner. Um, also would like to see uh, him – stem use stems a little bit more as well setting up Mm -hmm. his routes i think there's some uh, potential there where he can be more one-on-one on 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 the outside he did get lined up uh against uh, on on the outside in the boundary uh running slants and and fades but i think he can expand this game a little bit more and and be uh even uh, more expand as a detached tight end uh working the slot as well so i think he, he can improve upon those things but like I said, I gave him a third round grade and, and really liked what he had to offer in terms of uh, versatility, blocking, uh, receiving. He, he's more of the he's one of the more complete tight ends, I think, in this class. And, uh, you know, that's kind of why I gravitate towards him. And, and I think he can can be really talented and, and go uh, maybe uh, end of round two, early round three, if he has another really good season in test well. <laughs> it's, fu- uh, it's funny you should mention that because like mentioned the tight end because I was actually considering just moving on with the tight ends this week because but instead I don't know I I got the bright idea I was going to watch interior offensive line this week 
I think I might have to change my decision now just, just so I can watch Trey McBride because he's one of those players, like obviously you're on him right now. I, I want to say like Ryan Roberts has been on him for a minute too. So like I, I I've been hearing about this guy for about a year now. I'm, I'm I've been kind of like you know chomping at the bit to get to his tape, and I think I might actually have to do it this week. So, yeah, Boise State game for him was really good in 2019. Okay. Um, trying to think of uh, some other games that he was really good. Uh, Fresno State, I think 2019 is where he had the first play of the game. He had like a 75 yard touchdown. Damn. Um. So like I said, you're he doesn't have the the top end crazy speed. Um. I'm trying to think, I think a, a good, I think a good comp for him would be like a, a Greg Olson type or Brent Selig. Like okay. those guys are like, okay. they can find the soft spots in zones. Uh, they're not exactly the most agile or fast guys, but they can get behind the defense and, and make things happen. Um, and, and they're just reliable. So I think he's somewhere in between like Greg Olson and, and Brett Selig. Uh, in terms of uh, his upside. So not to invoke a cliche, but he's what you're saying is probably, a, he's probably going to be like a QB's best friend. Like yes, a young QB. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Not, he, to, not for, for almost every quarterback, they had like two or three quarterbacks over the last couple of years. Right. They've gone to him. <laughs> okay. When they need a first down. They they've gone to him. It's good to hear. Good to hear. So I guess I'm watching tight ends now this week. Yeah. So I, I got to him and then I was watching Sterling Weatherford, uh, a, a guy that uh, Ryan Roberts actually likes too. Um, he has some. He was someone I put on my watch list earlier in the summer, but now that I'm doing the Mac and Mountain West, I, f- I figure I might as well get to him. Uh, gonna finish up my wrap on him today, so by the time this comes out tomorrow, it should be on our website. Um, but I'm probably gonna give him a fourth round grade. Um, you know, which is which is pretty good, I think, for for him being a Mac player. Um, I think. He is going to be an interesting case because he plays safety, mm-hmm. but he has linebacker build. I think he's like 6'4", 220, 225. And he, his um, kind of his uh, chase down skills are, are really good. I don't really like him as a traditional safety because he doesn't have the natural range uh, right. to, to play in the back end. And he's all used all over the field. He's used as an overhang defender, safety, uh, extra linebacker, a dime linebacker, which I think is probably his best and, and most likely calling card. Uh, I think dime linebacker is going to be his his best chance to, to be on the field, especially in third down situations, because uh, he he does re- a really good job transitioning into man coverage um, and be able to uh, transition in and out breaks. Um, I liked his range in terms of getting to getting to the football uh chasing down running backs uh and, and taking on blockers there's a couple of plays I, I highlight on him yesterday uh, on saturday i should say one against ohio state in 2019 where he took on an offensive lineman shedded the block on the edge and then got the tackle for loss on master teague nice there's another play uh against cincinnati in 2019 where uh the running back was going to score if mm-hmm he didn't chase him down. You know, he got the running back got to the edge. It was like one of those zone read uh, handoffs and the, the running back took it backside out the back door, uh, broke a tackle off the cornerback. And if it wasn't Weatherford, he would walk in easily for a touchdown, but he was able to get an open field tackle. I do worry about him a little bit uh, coming from depth and, and his angles that he takes sometimes uh, 2020, especially he, he struggled in it. I watched the ball state game. And he took a few bad angles that led to touchdowns, uh, long touchdowns. Uh, he was mm-hmm. like the last line of the fence, and he just could not get there in time. Uh, granted, they have uh, Justin Hall, Ball State receiver, who is electric. Uh, someone I, I wish I had all 22 film on, uh, but uh, I would probably just have to use broadcast to, to scout him. But um, he – you know, he has blazing speed, but but there were some other players that, that was able to get behind him. Uh, I also think he, um, like I say, he's at best uh, near the line of scrimmage. I think he he's probably going to be one of those box type of guys where he can match up with tight ends. He can match up with running backs uh, and, and kind of be that patrol over the middle, but doesn't necessarily play every down backer. So I think he may be a sub package dime linebacker. Uh, at the next level but like I said he's probably gonna get a fourth or or fifth round grade from me 
uh, just because I think his athleticism is a little bit limited. But uh, in terms of instincts, being able to tackle, chase down, uh, you know, kind of runners and whatnot, I think he's uh, definitely have that ability and, and shows that, uh, you know, he has some versatility in this game, uh, being an overhang defender and being in the box as well. So he kind of sounds like, and I, I hate to throw another comp out there, but he kind of sounds like he's almost in that same mold as like Talanoa Hufanga was this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was, because when I watched uh, Hufanga, he kind of struck me as that more of like a, like a, a dimebacker, you know, box safety kind of guy. And that's something I want playing too deep in coverage. So it's kind of a mental image. I'll give myself a Weatherford right now. Yeah. that I think that would be accurate, you know, because. Like, I think he's a little bit more athletic and has a little bit more speed than uh, Talafanga. But uh, I think Weatherford has a little bit more versatility and just overall better play speed because he can chase down players like he he can he can when he takes good angles and and actually, uh, you know, can, you know, close space, uh, you know, he can do so. It's just coming from the wide side of the field to, you know, the other side of the field to try and make a play. I don't think he, he can do that at a consistent level. Um, right. But I, I do think he, he'd be good, really good uh, near the box and, and kind of in those matchup type of zones and, and band defense, you know, if they need to take off their starting linebackers, cause they don't necessarily have that coverage up spot upside. I think you can swap him in and, and be able to use them in situational uh situations all right cool you mentioned uh conference usa i, I think was the guy that you watched rashad wisdom from utsa yeah all right don't spoil anything too much for me because i'm actually very excited to uh watch him because ryan has also told me a lot of good things about him yeah he's so. he's good I, i'm gonna just keep it short and sweet he's good he's a he's a really good player um and can hit <laughs> I'll, I'll say those two things. He's a really good player, can hit, um, and, and he's he's very he's grown a lot as a player just from his freshman to, to sophomore seasons. Uh, he was m- mostly a nickel his freshman year, uh, okay. but, but transitioned to a safety role uh, as a sophomore, and it it paid off. He he looked really good. All right, that's good to know. So one guy I kind of want to like shout out real quick because uh, I know he had some hype a little bit last year was. Uh, uh, ECU QB Holden Ehlers. Um, he got a fifth round grade for me. Um, I don't think he'll be anything more than a career backup in the NFL, which I hate to you know say that outright, but I mean I'm just being honest. Um, out of structure, uh, surprise enough, he was a, a, a lot better out of structure than I was originally anticipating. He's a le- he's left handed quarterback. And it, the ball didn't look like it, it looked, didn't look like it came out with like too much velocity, but he was still able to push it downfield, you know, on the run, which was kind of impressive. Um, he's kind of similar to Slovis in the sense that he struggles with those really tight window throws. Like I, I watched a couple of passes that were all that are either intercepted or almost intercepted, where uh, you know he just it either just floated in there or it just it just I mean it was there was just no power behind it at all. Um. I thought he was relatively smart with the football. He didn't do anything too stupid. Granted, it, that I watched a little bit of his 2019 tape because there's only so much ECU film out there. So I, I, I definitely noticed a jump between his decision-making in 2019, which was kind of iffy, Washington versus NC State. I think uh, Mike's guy, Peyton Wilson, picked him off. It was one of those like really bad interceptions where he just totally did not see uh, Wilson sitting underneath. Mm-hmm. So other than that, like, Ehlers is he's not that like he's not super super flashy. There's not one thing that I, I think he he really excels at. Can maybe you know p- push him into a potential starting role. He's just kind of a he's kind of a jag, just a guy. Which is I don't I hate to be that 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 you know blunt and kind of I won't say meme about a player, but I mean it's what it is. Yeah, I I was one of those people that liked him last year, last summer. Uh, he was actually I think one of probably the the second or third player I watched last summer okay. um and and it was I don't even know why I even watched him at that point but uh funny enough that's how I found out who Ahmad Gardner was because I watched that game against Cincinnati and he had the pick six to kind of seal the game yeah um late in that one so that's why I was like uh who's that corner <laughs> you right. know 
Um, and then I just fell in love with Ahmad Garner and still love him to this day. But yeah, Holton Ehlers, man, uh, he was in, he was a very interesting watch because like his this passes don't look like they have zip, but they get there. Yeah, it was, it's really weird. Like it's, I, really I, weird. it's it's very hard to explain unless you watch him. It's like they look like they're floating, but it has enough zip to get there and not be an issue. Yeah. So and it just seems like he's it's it's kind of effortless for him. Like he, he doesn't like he's even throwing the ball. Like he's just tossing it, you know, and yeah. it just flows downfield. I, I just don't know how to explain it. But yeah, I mean I he's like one of those ECU guys that is like they're never gonna be good, but he is just simply fun. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, he's just a fun player. Like, he's probably never going to – I mean, maybe he starts one or two NFL games in his career, but I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, anything special. Like, he's not going to be a, a starter or, you know, be a, you know, early-round guy. But I do right. think he can compete for a roster spot and, and pos- you know, possibly win a backup job and, you know, just hold a clipboard for a majority of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I do like him as a player. I haven't watched him since, like I said, May of 2020. I went back and looked at it and I had like made a thread about him and everything, but it was interesting, you know, and I was a little disappointed this season and from his 2020 film. I think mm-hmm. I caught a couple games because I just wanted to keep tabs on him and right. and just keep track with him. And I just wasn't impressed. I think he took a step back kind of in his development because he he does need a little bit of work his his footwork is all over the place um you know his reads are all over the place too and granted he played like I say he plays for ECU the talent discrepancy against them and the rest of the ACC is AAC I should say uh it's it's pretty large I mean (laughs) yeah it just is what it is with him yeah although I they do have that one receiver who I'd like to look up because I've been I've a couple of people tweeted at me a, a, a few weeks ago about this guy. Is it CJ Johnson? Yes, actually. That's his name. Yeah. He, I, he made an incredible one-handed catch against Cincinnati when I was watching that game against Ahmad Gardner. It was crazy. Uh, and I, I know that a lot of people talked about that and, and talked about him as a pretty good player. Uh, I know, I think Blake Prohl was also a receiver that uh, yeah. got picked up as UDFA, I believe. Yeah. Um, after the draft as yeah. well. Don't ask I know him he got some, on. I know he got some late buzz from a few people uh, on draft Twitter. Right. Um, son of Ricky Pro. Yeah. So that that was the direct connection there. But obviously they had Deontay Smith too. That was a player I love watching and, and glad he uh, got picked by Cincinnati. Hopefully he, he gets some playing time this year and looks good. But yeah, Holton Aylers, man. Uh, fun quarterback. You know, I, I know it's probably not that many fun quarterbacks in AAC, and and we know what happened with Dylan Gabriel a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so, we're not we're not bringing the backup, and we're definitely not talking about then, Desmond. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about Ritter. All right. So that, you know, I I got to give credit to AAC. They they have some guys that are, that are draftable. You know. Oh yeah. They, they do have some guys. Uh, you know, as opposed to some other group of five teams. Yeah. I uh, I start. <laughs> I start uh, the non Carson Strong quarterbacks sometime next week or the week after, and Wait, I'm so not looking forward to it. Just, just for the general audience who may not know, give me that. Give me that list. I need to hear this. So, are you ready for this? Oh God! All right. So I do have Caleb Ellaby. Okay, locally. he's fun. That, that is a, talk about fun players. He's fun yeah. to watch. So I I get to do him, but then we have guys like uh, Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State, um, Dustin Crum, who some people like, some people are like, uh, he's okay. Um, trying to think of some other guys here. Need to pull up a list because uh, there are some guys that are, you know. That I that aren't draft eligible, but in terms of let's see here, quarterbacks, twenty twenty. 
Also, like, good good luck finding a halfway decent edge rusher in the MAC since like Coons got drafted. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> going to be tough too. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. trying to see quarterbacks. Okay, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> All right, apparently there is not a comprehensive list. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Like I said, Dustin Crum is one of them. Uh, da, da, da. Drew Plitt from Ball State. Um, that is one guy. That, that's a name if there was Preston one. Preston Hutchinson from Eastern Michigan. Oh, and you also have Kyle Van Trees from Buffalo that you I I yeah don't watch him. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm watching defenses go against him, and he throws the ball maybe five times a game. Well, yeah, because they just fed it to uh, Jarrett Patterson last season, like consistently. Yeah. <laughs> and th- I think they have another kid there, too, that's supposed to be, like, really good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin Marks. I yeah, think. yeah. So, yeah, I have him on mine. Uh, Demontre Tuggle, running back from Ohio. I heard good things about him. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Jalen Hall. Uh no, that no. There was another. It was a Ball State receiver that. Oh, Justin yo, yo. Hall. Justin okay. Hall. Okay. There's a receiver named Jalen Hall in Western Michigan. Yeah. Too. Um, some other guys I'm looking forward to watch in that conference: D'Angelo Malone, the edge rusher from Western Kentucky. Yep. I've heard good things about him. Not a bad uh, player. Even though, wait a minute, isn't he in Conference USA? Maybe yeah, not. yeah, yeah. See, uh, never he... mind. I'm I'm gonna take him off. Um, <laughs> Amechi Uzodinma from Ball State, BB. I heard good things about him. Um, and then Mountain West. Right now, I have a small list of guys who I want to watch. But uh, tight end Kyle Patterson was someone that actually caught my eye from Air Force. Uh, he's six, I think six 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 seven, like two thirty, two forty. Wow. Uh, Air Force's offense doesn't do him any favors Not, yeah. because they run an option offense. But when he does get chances to to get the ball, he he, he looks pretty good doing it. Uh, Romeo Dubes uh, from Nevada. Going to watch yeah. him. Yeah, and him drop like three or four passes a game. And then my favorite name of the Mountain West prospects, he's a junior, but and I don't think he's going to, uh, you know, declare, but it, it, he has a fun name, A.J. Von Pachon. From Utah State, so that's how you pronounce it. He's he's the big edge from yeah. He's the big edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh interesting. The name is interesting. Uh, I've seen some flash plays from him. Uh, he looks like a very very intriguing player. Uh, someone that may come out of nowhere. So, right. I'm also, I'm excited to watch him. Also, San Jose State also has a defensive end that went off last year named Cade Hall. Yep, I have him. Okay. I have him down as well. Um, there's another guy on, um, San Jose state as well. Jack Snyder, um, the attack. Yeah. I've heard good things about him too. Yeah, I think, I think I heard, um, Mark Schofield mentioned him like once in an article or something recently. Yeah. So I want to watch him cause he, he seems intriguing. Um, other than that, there's going to be a lot of probably late round, uh, draft picks that I'm going to watch. Yeah, because the the rest of the list is like, you know, like there's there's really not going to be any crazy offensive lineman. I don't think um, for from the MAC or Mountain West. Maybe Aaron Frost. I heard good things about him as well mm-hmm. uh, from Nevada. Nevada has yeah. a couple guys apparently. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited to check them out. But but yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a crapshoot. <laughs> you know, once I get past those kind of bigger name guys. Yeah, that's been kind of my issue for like Conference USA so far. Like outside of like, you know, Malone, Noble, and a handful of other guys. Like it's, it, I'm like, I know it's summer and it that kind of this kind of thing doesn't really matter. But I don't want to like like manifest like hype for a pros like just you know I don't want to astroturf and it got a hype for a prospect because you know a it doesn't do them any good if you know I I somehow set false expectations for them or right you know. 
that I just I just flat out don't look incredibly stupid by spring. So yeah, I mean you got some you got some probably you know some I think there's you know like I said we we talk about Rashad Wiz, Rashad Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, there's a few guys on Rice as well. You may want to check out um, as well. Uh, I, I like uh, Prudy Calderon. That's a safety I, I had yeah. posted about earlier in the week too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their defense is just fun in general. I think they have a linebacker that transferred uh, to a power five school. I can't remember where. I think he transferred to Arkansas, maybe. Okay. Uh, I'll have to look into it. But there's some the Rice defense, I think, is pretty good. But other than that, I yeah, I don't have anything else for you. I think the the U let's say the UTEP quarterback, maybe that looked interesting. Oh, I, I think maybe, or is it the UTSA? It's one of those quarterbacks look interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to be draft picks, but um, they, they're like a dual threat type of guy. Okay. Can't remember exactly who, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, while on the topic of conference, you want to say, I can't wait to watch Sincere McCormick. You say who? I, Sincere McCormick, the uh, oh, UTSA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I know Mike likes him, even though he's hopping in other people's conferences to, to yeah. watch players. Damn thief. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, that should be interesting. Um, any other prospects you, you want to highlight or, or mention? Um, I talked about – we talked about Matt Corral last week. Um, not especially, like – Sam Howe was about what I thought he was. Not not terrible, not first round material either. He's just kind of kind of in the middle. He got a he got a mid third from me. Like I, I I still think some of his decision making is 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 wildly questionable. Yeah, and timing with throws, things of that nature. Um, but and I obviously we, we we've talked. I think everyone on draft Twitter has talked about this at nauseum at some point. But how was he gonna, you know, fare without all of his guys going to the NFL? Sure. So there's I, there's a lot of question marks around how that I'm I'm dying to see answered. Uh, I know Russell, our, our guy Russell from Blue Chip, is also probably in the same boat because that's his conference. Um, but yeah, I think based on grades, uh, I'll give you my quick top five here. It is Rattler, the only quarterback that got a first round grade. Will, Willis, Jerkovic, Hal, Carson Strong, and if I can count correctly, yeah, it's Carson Strong round out the top five. Solid top five, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. to me, it's going to be a lot of dichotomy, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. with with the quarterbacks. I think for people, it's either like most ones are either you know Spencer Rattler or um, Sam Howe. Really, don't see much of really anything else. Um, but a lot of twos, threes, fours, like that's where things kind of get interesting in terms mm-hmm. of where people are, are. Some people are super high on Malik Willis, while other people are like, hey, maybe he's five or six. You know, there's a lot of people that are maybe higher on Carson Strong than others. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very interesting. Some people have Mac Brown in their top five. Some people don't. So it's, I think it's been interesting to watch kind of the, the dichotomy. I haven't, and, and to me, I haven't, you know, allowed that to, obviously changed my mind on prospects or oh, anything no, like definitely that, no. you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like I watched all of them early enough where I had uh, kind of my own, you know, kind of opinion already on them. I mean, you had to watch Corral to watch Elijah Moore, you know, just right. last year, this past year. So we saw a lot of him already. Same with Sam, Sam Howell, same with um, Spencer Rattler, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Malik Willis was really the only one, but I have been keeping tabs on him since the season. So I, I already had a, a third round grade on him going into January because I knew he was going to be highly touted, very interesting, but a, a lot of technical work that needed to go into his his process and, and just his game in general. Um, and then Carson Strong, I had him as a top five quarterback last year. <laughs> yeah. And at, by the time December rolled around. So I already knew how, how good he was. And I think he he, he could have maybe gone first round this past year, you know, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I know the infatuation with Mac Jones, and et cetera, whatever. Yeah. But I, I would have him as a top five quarterback last year. Probably, um, yeah. He probably would have. Honestly, he probably would have edged out Jones yeah. by a significant margin. 
I think so. I mean, the the natural talent is definitely there. He's just mm-hmm. very, very inexperienced in terms of an actual pro style type of offense because right. they run RPOs, one reads, you know, mm-hmm. shot plays, et cetera, live scheme type things. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him this upcoming year. I don't think there's. I don't have any other prospects to mention. I think I, I hit on all of them at some point in this episode. So that will do it for this episode of the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. You can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Price Check Three. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike H underscore Draft. Uh, you can follow our work over at bluechipscouting.com. Uh, we have several different tabs. We got the scouting department where we break down each conference uh, and, and their prospects by position, <clears throat> by name, and like I said, by conference. Got articles uh, coming almost every other day or every day, uh, you know, on, on our NFL draft tab or NFL tab. Um, and, and some of all the other great work that we're doing. Um, and, uh, Follow the Blue Chip Scouting Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Blue Chip Scouting. Me and Mike just did an awesome interview with Brock Hoffman on Friday. Uh, got to talk with him. Very fun guy. Uh, like him as a prospect. Sad that I didn't get the ACC because I would have loved to scout him uh, in the summer process, but I'll get to him at some point, uh, probably before the season starts. But probably, uh, you know, I think he's going to be in a discussion as, you know, maybe a top five, top seven center uh, in this upcoming draft. They got a lot of talented centers. Uh, Jared Patterson uh, from Notre Dame, Ricky Stromberg, uh, as well as uh, Tyler Lindenbaum as well. So uh, definitely intrigued in that. And, uh, you know, like I said, check out all our work at bluechipscouting.com. I think I plugged everything that I can. But for this episode, going to sign out here and uh, we'll see you guys next week.